Hello and welcome to episode number 343 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back again, back in the uh, the doldrums of the digital services for another week. Um, the cinema was... Oh, we're back on the horror train. Yeah, we're back with a horror film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or for this, for this, for now, horror podcast. Um <laughs> But yeah, sadly, it's not a Last of Us podcast anymore. We're back on the horror films. Um, it's not. We're back on horror movies. Yeah, and there was like, I almost put it in the news again on in such a ridiculous way, but I was like, nah, that's even taken a piss. So that this is our only mention of it this week. Um, but yeah, I, I, we we can't promise that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We 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 can't hand on heart promise that. Yeah, but it's funnier if I promise it now, like and believe it, and then we end up breaking it because I do solely believe that right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, we'll get to this week's film shortly. Um, we got a little bit of news this week, not too much. But yeah, this first one's kind of cool. Um, this is one that's been floating around. We've talked about it a couple of times in the news, and it's always weird of like, oh, wait, this is actually a thing, um, which is th- the return of Eli Roth, um, which is always exciting. Anyway, um, if he was doing a new horror movie, that'd be very cool. But obviously his next project being the long-awaited feature-length version of Thanksgiving. Um which of course even more yeah started as a fake trailer in the the grindhouse collection of two films planet terror and death proof and obviously that was 16 years ago um i'm gonna say when the hell did that come out like yeah so long ago no it's unbelievable that it was that long ago and obviously we we had machete as the fake trailer that was that was made into two films um and yeah we kind of had what was it um edgar wright's don't we had um rob zombie in there two machete films (laughs) Uh, so awesome as well absolutely love machete they were way better than they should have been yeah definitely the first one's so good because it has they they get they keep all of the scenes that were in that fake trailer in the movie yeah Um, yeah and they and they don't make any sense which is awesome (laughs) um and obviously i can't imagine they're going to do that here because it would be even more insane because it's a 16 year gap but yeah he's doing thanksgiving um but why is it in the news right now well apparently this has only um just gone into production last month um but we'll be seeing it in theaters this year um so yeah (laughs) yeah i wonder when right i mean they obviously they kind of i imagine some people are going to be under a lot of stress to get this ready in time um they kind of knew it was even it was either this november or or do we sit on this for another year and they're like no we need to get this out now so yeah this is uh this is coming november 17th 2023 they 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 need to strike quickly on this before the buzz of the trailer (laughs) that that came out with grindhouse you know (laughs) yeah 16 is (laughs) fine strike for the iron touch 17 that's a piss exactly we all know that so um i'm glad that they're not making that silly mistake of course um but yeah Yeah. i cannot wait for this whatever this ends up being i I can't wait wait to see the first real trailer for thanksgiving um yeah i'm very excited for it yeah and this just gives me an excuse so i'm gonna go definitely be watching all of grindhouse again you know, like prior to that just to get me so excited I, I adore everything about grindhouse it's one of my overall favorite movie experiences ever um those collection of films um you know definitely planet terror and death proof the most but those trailers and machete i just i love that whole package and what they did um so yeah i, I always wanted to see more of it um 
as kind of spin-offs it was weird because they did like hobo and the shotgun which was a some people trying to include mm. that in there but it was a not to get into it, it was a very weird thing where they kind of did like a an extra trailer that wasn't part of it and then that ended up being a movie so there is like other stuff as, as sort of branched off but um yeah i i can't wait for thanksgiving i mean th- this is crazy that this is happening um i know that's what blows my mind like so far beyond it and mm. and we're 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 potentially getting this movie like i still don't believe it no <laughs> yeah well and it's weird because in all these stories like even this one i have in front of me with the uh the day and it's got like we've got a cast and it says who wrote the script and who's producing but it never says who's directing and so i did look up on imdb and eli roth is listed as the director but I almost wonder if it's just because people assume because it's like, oh, yeah, it's Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Yeah. People don't want to put it in there that he directed it. But I do think that is worth noting because just saying Eli Roth's Thanksgiving doesn't mean anything. Um, like, I'm pretty sure um, Robert Rodriguez didn't direct the second machete. He was just heavily involved. And so, like, mm. this could easily have just been him, you know, producing, co-writing or whatever. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, according to IMDb anyway, as of right now, he is directing. So um, when was the last time we had him in the genre of remember in the genre well he obviously had that long mm. gap and then he came back with green inferno and knock knock mm. um and then i think since then he's done like he done that bruce willis film that was more of a thriller um yeah, yeah that, probably knock knock yeah so i think it was around that time because it was it was so bizarre that he was just like, oh yeah i just got two ready to go um yeah, it was so, just done a tie on us yeah they were so different but i i like them mm. both for different reasons they're not amazing yeah, films I, but i enjoy them both i really like green inferno yeah i've only seen that once i need to watch green inferno again um because it's such a cool film and I mean, it's uh, it's one of those films where, like i'm glad eli got to make it you know in the similar vein of like yeah. robert doing nosferatu it's like eli clearly wanted to do a film that like cannibal holocaust didn't he so um yeah definitely. but yeah very very cool indeed and like yeah this is very exciting that it's this year because i'm glad we don't have to keep kind of i'd already started not putting it in the news especially with like the cast announcements and everything because i'm like okay until there's a trailer we'll talk about this again but the fact that it's got a day it in it's this trailer, year bro. um oh yeah we'll obviously talk about it if there's a trailer um no there is one yeah. I, 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 it, it would be so great if that's what they use yeah we should do a breakdown of it to try and see what we can tell like in terms of you know what's the story of thanksgiving going to be about let's let's kind of analyze this 16 year old trailer because <laughs> that's the thing I think it's about like what is this film going to be <laughs> yeah what is it going to be and and what like um you know what are they going to use from the trailer? Obviously, not not like machete. It's actually use bits it. that they need to recreate. I, yeah, exactly. You know what what parts are they going to recreate? Because you know you can't just have it in in title and kind of in in kind of homage only. It, it needs to it needs to be more than that um you know and so what what are they going to go with from that trailer oh yeah i mean there's straight away the decapitation in the car scene that needs to be in Mm. the film um and there's a scene involving a trampoline as well which i think needs to be in there um and definitely the conclusion of the trailer you know this kind of (laughs) texas chainsaw yeah no i mean those are the big moments so like yeah it it needs Mm. to have them all i I can't i'm so excited um but yeah next up another very exciting filmmaker in fact who's continued on um is mr david uh, cronenberg um who obviously we did we got crimes of the uh, the future last year which was fantastic um and he's still going he's got a new movie that is uh scheduled to begin filming in may this year um in toronto and this is called the shrouds um 
So this will be the new Cronenberg project. And we have kind of a small <laughs> plot synopsis here, which I really just want to go over briefly I, because... I, I love the idea of having a small plot for a Cronenberg. Like, you oh, can't, you can't... Yeah. yeah, like, you can't do a Cronenberg <laughs> just, yeah. movie that would, like... like <laughs> a small plot for, for any of his movies let alone one like this i can't wait well that's the good thing man grows a toe on his head so like what's it gonna be <laughs> well i've got two paragraphs here i'll hit you with the first one first and then and then you can you can see if you need more um so basically, um, one of the actors is Vincent Castle, who's going to be in this movie. He was in Cronenberg's Eastern Promises. Um, and it says, uh, Castle will play Karsh, a innovative businessman and grieving widower who builds a novel device to connect with the dead inside a burial shroud. This burial tool installed at his own state-of-the-art, though controversial, cere- um, cemetery allows him and his clients to watch their specific departed loved ones decompose in real time. Fantastic. Do you need more? <laughs> no, no. Fair enough. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's all I need. I'm, I'm there. It sounds like a Cronenberg movie, doesn't it? <laughs> it does indeed. Jesus Christ. I love it because yeah, that was one. Like, like when I first put it in, I was like, "Oh, it's cool that he's got a new movie." And then it was when I read the plot that I was like, "Oh, we have to put this in the news because yeah, oh, when something sounds Cronenberg, it's just like hell yeah." I just love that this guy has has continued to make the movies he wants to make for his entire career. Really, um, yeah. You know, when you, when you say to some people like, "Don't ever change," it's mm. like you know that that's how I feel about Cronenberg and you know yeah, don't go changing, and he doesn't, and he just keeps making these batshit crazy movies yeah um, i love with him no, he no, doesn't have to worry either like you can tell he's just never going to change <laughs> yeah, exactly um but yeah i'm looking forward to that one like i said that's only going to be filming um may so maybe next year who knows um but yeah i really oh, i really want to watch crimes of the future again it's one of those ones that's just you know like not always the best movies but they really sometimes movies just really stick with you mm. um, like there was movies that were easily in our top 10 last year that didn't stick with me the, the way that movie did and like i still think yeah. about so much of the weird visuals and just the overall plot i'm like still trying to wrap my head around like okay so there's yeah. this apartment and they've got like serial codes on organs and i was like what yeah, is going people, on in this world can just grow their own organs and then they're trying to you know i'm like you know then they then they then they try to discover the purpose of this organ and what it does it achieve i'm like jesus christ it's like it's so good yeah i mean i think like you you i think that is probably i don't know it's too bold a statement i was like it's almost it's almost out cronenberg cronenberg but then i'm like he's kind of done that his whole career like yeah. I then took a pause and I was like, mm, I don't know, actually, it's quite tame compared to well, some so stuff. It's definitely <laughs> impressive just him still doing it. I think that is yeah. easily the most impressive thing of like his age and the, the eras when he, I think, I did, what was his first movie in the, no, I don't think it was 60s. I think it was very early 70s. Mm. Um, but like just so many different eras of filmmaking and he's continued to always push the, push the limit of what he can get inside of horror, which I absolutely love. Um but yeah, and then lastly, this is just a very small update, one that I feel like we kind of had to put in there because we've talked about um, Welcome to Derry, the kind of upcoming HBO mm. series, a couple of times as a prequel to the two recent movies. And we've kind of had this massive question mark. You know, we're very excited about the potential for the <laughs> show um, and what they could do with it. But there's been this big elephant in the room um known as mr bill skarsgård um he's been notable by his absence and they kind of they haven't said anything 
which we'll kind of circle back around to because that's the thing I'm most annoyed about. But yeah, Bill himself got asked in an interview this week about this show. Um, so now we know some things. He said, um, we'll see what they come up with and what they do with it. I'm not currently involved in it. Um, he then goes on to say, if if, uh, if someone else gets to play Pennywise, my advice is to make it your own. Have fun with it. What I thought was so pleasurable about that character was how incredibly abstract he was. The book is really a gift that way. Um, so yeah, Bill is obviously saying all the right things, um, and he's obviously given given his blessing to the, to, of course, to the character mm. and stuff like that. But I just want to circle back around to the initial point I made, which is that it really annoys me that this is how we're hearing this, um, because this shouldn't have been on Bill ever. Um, everyone involved in the show from hbo to obviously andy muschetti and just everyone involved like this was obviously going to be the biggest question that was going to forever plague the show and i'm glad we got it out of the way nice and early now so we can kind of nip that in the bud and just get excited for what i think could be an awesome tv show um but why did they just say it like did they just didn't want the negative press to me it's bullshit like this is it's not as bad but this reminds me of the freddie prince jr thing we talked about in the news a few weeks ago where in my opinion it shouldn't be the actors like jobs to to talk about this stuff in the media like they are they are artists that are portraying these characters and that should be their main focus so the fact that bill has to come out and be like oh yeah thanks for asking me about this tv show but like i'm not involved and like they should say that right like it's weird isn't it that bill has to be the one to come out and say that why did hbo not just say that from the get-go yeah it is disappointing it's this weird world we're in that like it doesn't make sense yeah um and and yeah i just i just wish that yeah, we, we could have had this clarification sooner and just move on because, you know, I feel a bit gutted, but I'm also excited to see, yeah, as as we said, how how Pennywise could look or, or, or you know, how the monster could look without being the clown, mm. you know, and, and what other forms can it take? And, and you know, that that does excite me. Yeah, that's the thing with this, right, is that he talks about if someone else gets to play Pennywise, um, mm. I think, and, and then he talks about his advice to that person. My advice to HBO would be Pennywise shouldn't be in this goddamn TV show. Mm. It is the name of the book. Um, mm-hmm. Pennywise, Pennywise is just one of the many faces of it, and of course he is the most recognisable face, um, and you can have glimpses of that, but there's so many awesome moments in that book that you can expand upon you know like just like the giant spider and just all of this wild shit let alone it's limitless what you can put in this because this Mm -hmm. is your own take on this universe and character um but yeah it was to me it was it was obvious that he wasn't going to be in this because they would have obviously been shouting it from the hills if it was if he was involved it would have been the most obvious thing to get people talking um so yeah i'm glad that now like this could still be far away obviously we we hear about these hbo shows a long time um ahead of time because they take so long because good shit takes a long time to develop as we know um but i'm glad that we can stop thinking about bill with this show now um he's doing great work and great films and yeah hopefully this tv show is awesome without him and like i say we we knew that this is such a different era anyway not that that makes too much of a difference with the potential of his character but it was like we already know that the young cast the older cast like none of those people are going to be in this series um mm. it really is just the setting like the name of the show welcome to Derry. so yeah i'm i still think this could be fantastic um because and I, and I still think like if i had to guess i would say the show's gonna be pretty damn great just based upon who's making it um like if this was a netflix show i'd be way more worried like it could be awesome or it could be terrible um but yeah i got a feeling this is gonna be a good one um but yeah that is uh yeah it should be good right i mean yeah what are your sort of hype levels for uh for welcome to Derry? yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty hyped for it because i think it could be really good and i think 
<clears throat> branching away from the Losers Club, branching away from Pennywise, hopefully, is exactly what the It franchise should do. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think there's there's so many more stories that can be told. And I think the book can cannot, you know, instead of the book being the the script let the book be the blueprint on how to how to expand this universe now um and so yeah i i'm i'm excited to see that because you know we've we've seen that story now and we've seen the book play out in its entirety but there's you know there's so many other things that can be done and and we saw it a little bit in chapter two when we got some backstory to pennywise you know and and it was it was fun and it was like yeah let's get more of that and and just you know Close, you know, like like I've said before, that let this be as close to Nightmare on Elm Street as we can get without it being Nightmare on Elm Street. Because <laughs> you know, I've got to get I've got to get a fix of Nightmare on Elm Street somehow. Yeah, and they definitely can. I think that is and a TV show as well with all these things you're talking about. To mm. me, makes perfect sense. I think had they been had they seen the massive success of those two movies, they could have easily made a third film, um, either a prequel or a sequel, and kind of just piggybacked off that. But that would have been so much more difficult. They would have been so much more directly compared, um, and trying to create something new and fresh in just like two hours or maybe closer to three with the with the movie lengths that they had. Um, that would have been so hard. Whereas I think yeah, the mini series format just works so well of like establishing a new base of characters having a a monster of the week you know like that would be such a cool i think idea of you don't know what's going to scare you in Derry every week but you know something's going to be fucking terrifying um and you yeah. just don't know what form that's going to take um that was such like that is definitely one of my favorite things of the book when they talk about how this place is just diseased and infested with awfulness yeah. um and it's not just because of it it's it's just this city th- this town is just plagued with it what, for decades it's so the, cool um, the stephen king tv show that we had last year that or a couple of years ago castle rock castle rock mm. yeah and you know it reminds me of that like with yeah. it being like the town that's infected and this curse almost yeah definitely. You know? and 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 you know you look at you look at some of the positives of castle rock and it had some really good moments that, mm. that show you know it just it just didn't fully come together and i think having the glue of something like it to, you know adding that you know adding it to to that kind of scenario re- really could be so you know what was needed to make it special definitely um bill skarsgård was in that wasn't he he was yeah. yeah that's so weird yeah i only watched the first season i know people quite liked uh, season two because that was like yeah, a I think thing it got cancelled after season two but i know that was yeah more better received than the, the season that we watched anyway um but yeah that is uh that is it for the news this week uh shall we talk about this week's film oh let's do it yeah i can't believe i'm saying this but uh let's talk about winnie the pooh blood and honey So yeah, this was, uh, I believe, your your most anticipated movie of this year. It, it was indeed. It was indeed. <laughs> I mean, you know, why why was it not yours? <laughs> it is mad. Just like I'm just looking at the Wikipedia now, and just yeah. seeing a a Winnie the Pooh movie that is described as a British independent slasher horror film. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think that's the thing. Like the second I kind of heard of this movie and heard what they were trying to do i was like i categorically need to see this mm. because it's just it's just crazy that that you know 
these these things happen where the these IP become you know unprotected mm. and you can just do what you want <laughs> and and use it and not not just like you know the name Winnie the Pooh but but you know Tigler and um, Christopher Robin and and everything and and I you know I I just find that hilarious and even more hilarious that the first thing that's done or the first thing that I've seen that's done is like oh yeah let's just make a really like fuck up fucked up horror movie about it yeah I'm like bravo bravo like well, these know, guys did an amazing job in terms of marketing like this yeah they really did I mean. I don't know if it maybe came out a bit too late because by the time it came out, it seems to have not kind of been able to mm. surf that wave. But when this got, this was getting mainstream <clears> coverage, <throat> you know, and everywhere from like Variety to all of the massive film websites were covering this. And we'll get to how much of like a micro budget <laughs> film this is. But like they were covering this because, yeah, they kind of, for people that don't know, the original Winnie the Pooh book in 1926 um, entered the public domain in the United States on the 1st of january 2022 last year um and so that basically means that you can start using an ip you can call the movie winnie the pooh and not get sued by disney who currently own the overall franchise of winnie the pooh um and so this was a fascinating thing that they they knew this was happening they planned it before because I, I think this shot like early in 2022 so they kind of already mm. knew that this was going to be a thing um and they had planned about it and so yeah it was it was they kind of announced like, oh yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, like as soon as they could, basically. Um, or I think it might have even been before they'd even shot anything. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, basically this kind of got a lot of publicity and they ended up getting a lot bigger budget for this film because of that. Um, and a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about micro-budget films here. Um, because, yeah, this kind of studio, um, apparently this is their biggest movie they've ever made, but the, the budget was still awesome. reportedly under $100,000, um, which is, yeah, obviously very, very small, um, extremely small. And the fact that, yeah, this is apparently made like $4 million at the box office. So this is awesome. like an unbelievably huge financial success. Like everyone involved with this is made massive massive bank um and it's kind of no surprise that i think they're already doing a sequel that there's already a couple of other weird spin-off things that they're trying to do yeah, as well with, yeah there's like um they've talked about trying to do like bambi and peter pan and these other things that might potentially be entering the public domain shortly um, uh. but it, yeah it's funny that like these guys are doing it because it is just it's done on such a micro scale that i don't know why someone with a bit more of a budget isn't isn't tackling mm. this yet um yeah it'd be nice it'd be nice to have actors in the movie like yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> it would you know it would definitely boost its its kind of more you know a, a bigger audience commerciality to, to actually have some people in it yeah but yeah, but, I mean, so I guess you should uh, tackle the plot of this bad boy, which is probably the, one of the most fun things, to be honest. There's like the actual setup yeah, of the so film. <laughs> well, basically, uh, Christopher Robin, um, you know, meets Winnie the Pooh and friends as a child and spends his childhood with them, creating this bond, you know, this this bond that only a bear and a boy can have, really. And um he grows up and becomes a bit of a prick really because he grows up and just abandons them all. Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, the, all of them abandons them. And, um, so 
not only does he abandon them, the the forest starts to die, and Pooh and the others don't have any food, um, and they they slowly start to starve, and they turn ravenous and feral, and decide to go on a bloody rampage, and their number one target is is um, Christopher Robin, but anyone that stands in their way, they will kill. They, I mean. They don't seem to eat many people. No. Like, like considering this is the plot of the movie, that the that, that food dried up, Christopher Robin left them, and they had to, to kill one of their own to, uh, to, to stay alive and then, you know, become cannibalistic and, and murderous to survive. And then, and then for the rest of the movie, they just kind of kill people and waste, you know, waste the bodies at, at that point. Mm. Um, you know, uh, he he seems to have an ample supply of fucking honey, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, the way he's slapping it into his face, I'm like, bro, like, just hit your mouth a bit. Like, if you if if it's that short supply. Yeah, and he's got control um, of a lot of bees as well, so he's he's clearly got like a. I mean, oh god, I don't know what the oh, word is now. What, what do you call like just a bunch of beehives? I guess is there a, is it a bee farm? Um, oh, I don't know. He's right. he's clearly got his own like like say massive. I reckon he's got some yeah. big chain of honey going. Yeah, I've tax like, of course. Honestly, like halfway through this movie, when he can just control bees, <laughs> and that just comes out of nowhere. I was like, oh, so he controls bees now. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I mean, we're we're already derailed because there's no way to like actually really talk about this movie without just going silly, really. Yeah. Um. It, you know, the. I, as we said before, like it, it's it is really disappointing that that the acting in this movie is pretty abysmal. Um, when when the movie starts and we get like Christopher Robin and his girlfriend, it was some of the most painful dialogue I've ever seen in my life. And um, also, why the fuck didn't they have a jacket? Like they've, they've got all this camping gear, and they're meant to be going off into the woods. And then way too Nick Pigu this film. <laughs> I know, I know, but it was great. It just it just made me laugh that bit. And uh, but then yeah, you know, it, it it as soon as we got past that scene, and I was like, oh, that's that's just what this movie's going to be. Then I just kind of switched off and just had a had a fun time seeing seeing Pooh and and Piglet kind of just kill people having these scenes the scene in the hot tub when he's like when she's taking the selfies and he's like appearing around the corner and stuff was great like for half the movie i was trying to figure out that like do these people see them as like a creature or do they see it as a bloke in a mask because I don't know what they're going for with this movie. Because it's clearly just a bloke in a mask. Yeah, they they clearly don't see that in the universe. No, exactly. But in universe, it's it's a, a an abomination, weird like hybrid beer, Winnie the Pooh. You know what? What the fuck is Piglet? Yeah, like if Piglet's not a man in a mask, what is he? Mm. Like, but I just you know, and these are the important questions in life, really. I guess, um, or at least from this universe. Um, but yeah, I ended up having fun with it. I think like, you know, the, yeah, like I say, once you get past the acting, I think the, the, the thing that I found most disappointing was, was, a, was a lot of the, the CG that they put into it. 
because some of the effects were like good enough and especially when you talk about like this low scale budget like it had some decent kills in it and they were ruined with like this this cg that was put in that, that obviously looked bad because the, the movie was made for less than a hundred thousand um and and I, and I felt like it was unnecessary like it didn't it, it you know, it didn't elevate the scene. It was never going to like the what they'd done practically was enough, and so I just think like a couple of choices like that would have been um, better for the movie. But but ultimately, just seeing like every time one of those characters was on the screen, I just kind of like had a dumb smile on my face, like <laughs> that's Winnie the Pooh, and they've they've turned him into a weird like and i just kind of like had a little chuckle every time and it 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 never got bored until the movie ended incredibly abruptly and i was like oh it's it's finished okay like cool like they they forgot to film an ending right yeah like the the movie just just flat up ends like there's a scene people are talking and then then credits roll and i'm like what the hell is going on? Like it's 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 carnage, but um, it 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 kind of delivered on the promise. We'll we'll get into that with the with the expanded Winnie the Pooh characters and universe because I you know there are some things to bring up there. But um, but overall, like the Pooh and Piglet stuff, like I I I like couldn't help but enjoy the dumb fun that it was delivering. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you had a good time with it. Um, it was movie of the year. Yeah, movies like this, um, in general, I, I typically don't like reviewing films like this um, that are this low budget because I find it really hard to even be critical because they're they're dealing you're dealing with such a micro budget that I can't even well, gauge a movie like of of this quality with that budget is is obscene. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is, like, I, first of all, like, I don't think this is a good film at all, and I didn't enjoy watching it, and I don't think anyone should should watch it, but that's just in terms of oh, comparing it to any film, um, whereas in terms of for the budget, that's what, that's what I mean in terms of I just don't like putting myself in this situation, because I'm not going to sit here and absolutely rip this film to shreds, because it absolutely doesn't deserve that, um, because again, like, from what they did on a budget... I'm sure probably is quite remarkable. Um, but in terms of making just a flat-out enjoyable horror movie, for me, it, it isn't that. Um, I think the intro and kind of setting up this world and characters is easily the most interesting part of the whole film. I was so excited by the intro, like, yeah. when they had that whole story. I was like, oh, they've had, they're actually going so deep into it. Yeah, and so that is clearly someone wrote that, which is, which is somewhat competent. Like, that is a competent setup to make Winnie the Pooh a horror film um which is what this needed to do so that that in itself works um it's frustrating that it's just in a you know poorly kind of animated style um which we get a couple of times in the movie and it's obviously there to kind of paper over the budget and and you know like not shooting these scenes um but so that's frustrating but it's like okay this is an interesting setup i, I did like the idea of christopher robin leaving and and the idea of them kind of eating cannibalizing eeyore to stay alive it's just so funny um and yeah then, i know and, i was so gutted though i was so looking forward to seeing like eeyore yeah and and like you know that was the fun for me that like in the trailer we got to see the two characters and yeah. i was like i can't wait to see the other two and and like eeyore in particular i was mm. like 
because I really thought it was going to be like very melancholy and like like depressing because that's that's what Eeyore is as a character and like to for him to get cannibalized in the opening monologue was was very upsetting for me yeah so it's like oh this is so cool and then i even like the fact that they reintroduce christopher and the way they do that in the film um mm. is kind of like a swerve because i think what happens in the first sort of 10 15 minutes i thought was going to be the plot of the whole film um so the fact that that was just the opening scene i was kind of like oh, okay this is already kind of doing things i didn't expect um but then it does just go to the most generic horror setup possible it's like get a, <laughs> a group of young girls together in a Women, cabin yeah. um and just have two people in masks stalk them um and i think that is easily the most disappointing thing for me to try and even remotely break down the film is that I don't think it delivers on Winnie the Pooh as a horror film because it is just dudes in masks and it's it is hilarious that in universe they're not that they are supposed to be these like creatures that have developed over time but it's ridiculous because they are just dudes in masks and they're really again this is why I hate doing films like this as I'm just going to keep saying because it just sounds so harsh but they're not they're really bad performances in terms of dudes in masks um, like we talk a lot about how hard that is in particular in like getting across a performance when you can't use your voice or your face or anything like that and we've had a few good examples of it recently where it is just that physicality and presence um, mm. and it really shows you that it's so underrated I think it's why like Kane Hodder is regarded so highly because when he's on screen in that mask he he gets across a presence and a feeling um, yeah. and and this is these are just terrible this feels like they just got two big guys off the street slapped them in masks and just told them to do some things um completely what they did yeah because it's actually comical the way like they try and edit it in a way to not pan on them for too long to show how awful it is but anytime they need to do something other than just standing still it looks so bad like anytime they try and run or walk or anything or have any sort of physicality it's woeful um so yeah that just really took me out of it and yeah, it just ends up becoming a, a you know a super low budget kind of typical slasher, and again, it's not anything special, um, and it's not, and it's certainly not dreadful either. You know, there's some there's some all right kills in there. I, I agree with you that like in, that they do get a lot of violence in here, which again I have to give them credit for because that's one of the hardest things to do on a budget is get a lot of kills and a variety of kills, um, and they certainly do that. And like I say, the CG definitely doesn't hold up throughout, but the fact that we're even talking about CG in a movie of this level, I think, is astonishing as well. Crazy. So yeah, I, it, this is a weird one for me because I didn't like watching it. Um, I think in terms of just judging it as a horror movie of like, should you go out to see it or should you pay money to see it? I think absolutely not on both of those for me. Um, I'm I'm massively fascinating, obviously, in the story. And I think that to me is by far the most interesting part of this movie is how it got made. The fact that these were the first guys to do it, I, I'll always give them credit as well for that. Because I think we might look back on this in, say, 10 years' time, and there's a whole host of these types of films um, that are taking these old IPs that they can now do stuff with and make films with them. But, like, you have to give them credit because they're the first. Um, and they did something that no one else saw. Like, I don't know how they accidentally found out about this whole copyright thing going into the public domain um but it's really clever like i'm mm. equal i'm so fascinated by that that i would love to hear them just talk about that and okay where did the idea come from and 
and then why a horror movie and i think the why of this film is fascinating um and i'm glad it exists but in terms of like watching it as a film like no i, I didn't enjoy it um but yeah what, what else did what else did you like about this film I really hope that they do end up kind of doing Peter Pan and just all this yeah. other stuff. It's like, talks of an extended universe, apparently, which I find hilarious. Yeah, but, um, exactly. It'd be they, great. They are definitely doing a sequel, though. They are, and and look, if if they don't do Tigger, I'm I'm gonna be done. I'm I, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna be done. Right. <laughs> um, do you reckon that? Do you reckon like Tigger like is he in the original book? I don't know. Let's have a look because I, I did. I did yeah. read something about the outfit that Winnie Pooh wears. Does he wear like red striped or something? Um, um, not red striped. It's like red. Um, just a red T-shirt, isn't it? Is it? There was something about like, that that they had. Red to, uh, they had. There's something about that where they were like, we couldn't do that because that is still owned by Disney and we would get That's sued. Iconic. And so there's so many different rules and regulations of what you can yeah. do. Um, I'm now looking at the Wikipedia for the original book, and I can't see the word Tigger involved at all. Right, interesting. Because um, yeah, it's yeah. Christopher Robin, Piglet, Eeyore, Owl, Rabbit. So yeah, it seems like that was yeah. later on. It, it makes me even more angry though that Eeyore did get like because <laughs> he would have been such. I just wanted him to be like this very depressing like character <laughs> that was like almost just like sat there not able to move, just like you know, as the puppet master of it all. But I, I mean, think I, I ask... for this film makes the most sense yeah. because what they showed us in that intro with a young kid, and then they could do like these really messed up animals, and the kid leaving, and then becoming depressed, and then slowly cannibalizing this one who maybe Eeyore was the one in the group that was like, "Come on, guys, I'll take the bullet," sort of thing. That like, maybe he was like, "I'll volunteer as tribute." Like, no, no, no. <laughs> they they were like, "Look, if we're gonna fucking kill one, we need to kill Eeyore." Like, as, as, as I was reading it, I was like, "That's obvious." Like, of course you're gonna kill Eeyore. Like he's the most annoying one. Like definitely. Um, I, I mean, is this your favorite bit of Winnie the Pooh content? Uh, it's probably the only thing I've ever seen. I, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I don't like any of it. Apparently. <laughs> but therefore, it is my favorite. So my least favorite. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it is your favorite. Okay. Good. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is mine. Um, Which one? I gotta be honest. I don't think I've seen any like Winnie the Pooh stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> like Winnie the Pooh is this funny thing where it's like, to me, Winnie the Pooh is just merchandise. Yeah, well, that's what I was like, going to ask you about it because you seem to know about Eeyore and stuff. Whereas, yeah, I don't have like I say I just know the character and I vaguely know these names and I've seen them visually as like drawings, yeah, well, but I don't I, know I've, about I've, it. I've only seen like the odd snippet, and it just always looks like Eeyore is just like moping around, really depressed, <laughs> and it's just like this depressing character, and that's why I've always found it funny that then it's on like a load of t-shirts and like I say all this merchandise and stuff, and like it, like the merchandise itself always seems like it's tailored towards adults, mm. but must have grown up watching Winnie the Pooh, and and you know it's just like this weird thing, but but yeah, I like I say. Th- th- I can't defend this movie and and say that like it's the best thing ever, but but did I have a good time while watching it? And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> like, I just kind of like I enjoyed it. Like when you were saying about them running around and wandering around with these masks on and being awful, mm. I, it really like I'm not saying that like oh yeah, this guy should be the next Jason. <laughs> but I'm like I'm like I wasn't that offended. I found it co- like the, the cumbersome way that he was moving kind of funny for the character of Pooh, yeah. and just like just 
you know i think you're right in the sense that the 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 truth lies somewhere in the middle that like they're Mm. not as bad as i'm making out and also the fact that this is just something that happens when you bring comparisons but i brought up the arguably the greatest ever when it comes to um horror performances where you never see their face mm. so like obviously yeah they're not kane hodder standards mm. like yeah that is an unfair comparison for sure yeah like they like, they could be a victor crowley like <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like i think i think some of the kills were fun i think it was just like such a silly like some of the scenarios that these like characters got themselves in the like these women like that were like just the most stereotypical horror movie kind of, um, you know, the first kill in particular where it's like where she gets put through like the, the grinder thing. I don't know what the mm. hell that is like a, some sort of agricultural machinery. I never know what those machines actually do other than kill people in horror movies. It makes honey. I imagine. I, I mean, I'd imagine so <laughs> the amount of fucking honey that Pooh's got. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it like I say, it's just nonsense. You can't really break it down other than other than be like, yeah, I kind of enjoyed the kills, and I think just seeing those characters be like on screen killing people was somewhat entertaining. Um, mm. I just I wish the movie had have had like a, just just like a hint of an ending. It would have been <laughs> nice, and and I think that's the thing that's kind of wild about it that this movie was it feels like it was just made as a bit of like banter because it's like oh we've got a bit of money we we could you know we can make something and and we can hopefully get a a few eyeballs on it and we'll break even and then they discover that they could get this ip uh, well not get this ip but this ip was unprotected and it got all of this mainstream attention all of this fuss and they were like fuck what do we do Mm. like what what do we do We, we can't make a movie like we haven't got the money to make a movie. Like we just have to continue making what we're going to make. And it's like, I wish someone could have come along and been like, "Here's here's like half a here's half a mil." Yeah. Like go large because you know the money. Well, apparently is... that's what we're getting with the sequel. Apparently it's getting five times the budget, so that would be that exact amount. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me because I think like clearly people want to see this this movie. Like, this sort of thing. People have this weird, like, you know, finding it amusing like I did. And it's like, if they could actually, like, tap into it and make it, uh, you know, just just a bit more cohesive. And, you know, because I don't disagree with what you said, that, you know, they do typecast the most, like, oh, yeah, we were just going to have, like, a slasher movie with a load of women staying in the house and being killed by a couple of dudes. And it was like they then kind of just put this little bit of the plot at the end, beginning and end to be like, mm. Oh yeah, it's kind of Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah. You know, almost to the point where I'm like, did they actually just shoot the movie? Like the middle part with like just two big dudes killing people. And that's why they're like, well, I guess Piglet is just a dude in a mask. Um, you know, it, it is, it is strange, but, and, and yeah, so I, you know, I, 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 I can't wait to review more of these. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I really am. Well, I look forward to your spin-off podcast where you do that on your own. Um, for, for me, that is where like the disappointment does come in. Not not to harp onto it, but it's like that. The premise is cool, and then you watch it, and it is it is just the premise. It is okay. What if Winnie the Pooh was a horror film? And I think the easiest answer to that question is well, it's just two dudes in masks killing people. 
and and it, and again it's not done awfully and there was enough kills there that you that you found entertainment in that um but i yeah i wish they'd have just done something with it like i don't know what it is because i don't want to make a winnie the pooh horror film but i certainly wouldn't have thought it would just be this um which yeah it, it, i think is the easiest like what was set up like them going like cannibalistic and then probably like... an animated scene in the first two minutes of the film that's not the film no 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 what you said you were saying what could they have done and i think it was like expand upon that have them actually go Definitely. after Christopher robin let him have like a wife and kids and be like in suburbia and then mm. these fucking like rabid creatures like transcend on <laughs> his like you know you know his his family home and like you know killing his neighbors and shit like that's that's, that's, what that's the thing is like if you do that which i think is probably what they wanted what you need in the killers is really great performance artists as creatures you know you need what you see in like the descent and stuff like that like you need physical actors that can crawl around on all fours and have you know what we saw in the last of us with the clickers with those amazing stunt people like that's what you need and unfortunately that obviously requires a budget um so i think they clearly went well if we just have a, a giant dude who can barely walk in a mask that'll do the job right yeah um and so that is the answer sadly but yeah i'm, I'm totally agree with you that like that would be cool like it is weird though because they've established this as the thing now so they kind can't go so dramatically different but i think if it was a prequel they probably could um because you could you could argue that they were younger and they'd kind of grow into these more just dudes in masks later on um i don't but... think we need to worry about like canon and continuity to be honest with you i think if they had like a bigger budget and just like, okay this is poo too we're just having a bigger stab at it now like we're just gonna we're just gonna try again like you say they don't want to continuity but they're, they're building an expanded universe here i mean surprised this didn't have a post-credit sequence i was pretty gutted i mean like, like imagine if it did and it was like it was like it cuts to a, a forest and there's like this ravenous deer that like charges at the camera yeah, and it's like bambi will return i know i know i'd be like holy shit they're mcu in like old <laughs> old see like, if they, if they did that like, it was this i would be so on board with that because it would it would be so shit that it would then go full circle and it'd be great it would be for, for me i just wanted the other characters like i don't know why yeah. like it sounds like i have an affinity for these characters when i really don't <laughs> but like yeah. i just wanted to fucking see them like and see what they were gonna do and so the fact that, like, that was my biggest disappointment with the movie, that, like, the two that we got in the trailer were the only two that we get. Mm. Um, you know, and That's I... for you. You've got a third character, and it would have been another big dude wearing a mask. Yeah, I know, but what would that mask look like? As <laughs> <laughs> shit as the other two. <laughs> they're like, we can't... They're like, basically, like, you can buy, like, a Slipknot mask and turn it into the two and, <laughs> yeah. and pickle it. They're like, they're in a fucking... There's not, a, there's not a donkey Slipknot mask, so we're getting rid of him. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. I think I'm done, but I don't, I don't hate this movie nearly as much. Like, should people spend money on it? Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but, let's get to the recommendations. Should they spend money? Should they watch it? Should they spend money? No. Should you watch it? Hell yeah, you should watch it because like it's just it's Winnie the Pooh killing people. I can't, I can't like I, I you know I can't not recommend that. 
Yeah, this is a hard pass for me. I, I fully respect what they've done. I'm genuinely happy that they've made a shit ton of money off this. And I think they are they are such go-getters in the film industry. Um, yeah, and they've done, something, they've done something that, that they foresaw a trend and they pounced upon it. And they've made a lot of money because of that. And so, yeah, they fully deserve that for sure. And I am glad they're making a sequel, even though I will not watch it. You will. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone should. Definitely not spend a penny on this. Um, but shouldn't waste eighty minutes watching it either. There's so many. There's so many good horror films that people haven't seen. Um, on any service that you can have, or probably on YouTube at this point, you could find some really old. Like I'm sure, like Night of the Living Dead is on YouTube. You could just watch that for free. Like there's so many options. Um, yeah, I can't recommend this film. But it's can't, it's, can't it's certainly a film. Believe you're recommending Night of the Living Dead when we're talking about <laughs> poo. Yep, and that's another thing that's you know not copyright, so you can fill your boots on that one. You can do. I can sell. I can make DVDs of that and sell it legally. That's pretty mad. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah that's, that, that was strange. Yep, that is our discussion of Winnie the Pooh. Hopefully, for the last time, uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is uh, that is it for another week. Um, I don't know if you had any uh, films or TV worth mentioning. Um, I mean, but we did not not overly. I mean, I did see a movie that blew my mind this week, but it weren't a horror movie. But no, you, um, you piqued my interest, and it blew your mind. Is it was wait? Was it something you've seen before? Because I feel no, like you're trolling me now. It's just gonna no. be Terminator Two, isn't it? No, I nearly watched Terminator Two, but I don't know. <laughs> have you ever seen this movie? It's it, it's a movie called Haggard. Haggard? It's not ringing a bell, no. Oh, my God. It, it, if I told you it was directed by Bam Margera, would you be interested? What are you even saying right now? Starring as the lead character, Ryan Dunn. <sighs> I instantly regret uh, like asking you about this film. It, it's the greatest... It, it was the... Honestly, it was the greatest 90 minutes I had like for, for a long while. It was... It was a it was a trip, and it was made by those guys back in their heyday. And it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to watch this, but I don't think we should have talked about it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I had a great time. You, you asked me if I watched a movie, and this came <laughs> into my head, and and I, knew it, and, and I knew it would make specifically you happy. So I decided. <laughs> and, and you've been so unhappy for the last half an hour. That's what I cheer you up. Well, thanks. Thanks for catering to just me. Um, that was, you know, if this was 2016, that would have been a great topic of conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love how much I've thrown you. What did you watch? I haven't, I haven't watched anything, but oh, um, okay. I... I've just been playing a fantastic horror. That's right, horror video game that... Um, I'm sure you've been playing. I'm pretty sure anyone who has the means to play games should absolutely be playing this game. Yeah, well, usually people should play the last one. I played them both again in December. They were fantastic. Um, but a game that we certainly haven't played enough of over the last 18 years um, is a game called Resident Evil 4. The, we probably only played on about five or six different gaming systems over that time. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, so yeah, they thought, yeah, not enough people are seeing this. It's a bit of a sort of a hidden gem, as it were. Um, so they decided to remake it. Um, 
and yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I've uh, I've finished it twice now, um, and I think the game's. I mean, in general, like the game's awesome. But I, I want to just kind of go back a little bit and just be be so happy again with Resident Evil in general. Like it's something that makes me so happy that right now the current timeline and trajectory for resident evil um because i just can't believe it i think these what we've done from resident evil 7 to now so these last five games um is five fantastic video games and obviously free remake being the lesser of those five but still being brilliant i mean Um, that is the one like the the closest to a miss but but yeah they are still it's closest to a miss, but I, I think it's a fantastic video mm. game that I'd recommend everyone playing. Um, but the other four are exceptional. Um, yeah, for me, they're all 10 out of 10s, the other four. And I think, like, 2 Remake, I think, is still the one that I'd recommend to anyone. If you, if you like, oh, I'm into horror vi- you know, films and I've never gone into video games and you've got any of the sort of recent consoles, you know, certainly from PS4 onwards, mm. like, 2 Remake is still the one for me that I'd recommend to people um, for, new- for newbies, as it were. And I think it's exceptional it's, it's not my favorite but i think i think it's just so good for that reason and then yeah what seven did being so different the, the village being an amazing sequel to seven but that's the thing i love is those four are all exceptional resident evil games but they're all so different um and that's what i love now about the four remake is that i think it captures what's amazing about the original but i'm so glad it doesn't make the original redundant um in in ways in which i do believe two does i love the original two but i think in terms of just unless it's for just nostalgia i don't see any reason why anyone should play that original game anymore um and i was worried about that with four um because i have such it's such a special game to me but i think it's different enough that they they they've kind of nailed a lot of the things that were brilliant like the opening in the village is iconic but then they changed a lot and i like that i like that there's completely different sequences in this um new game there's complete boss fights that are just completely cut out of this game which would sound awful on paper but then they add a bunch of shit that wasn't in the original as well so i think it's a it's a remixed greatest hits version of that but with the gorgeous new engine obviously the gameplay is just phenomenal um yeah, I love everything about this game. It's it's fantastic. What what do you think of uh, RE4 so far? How far are you into it? Yeah, I'm not I'm not too far into it right now, but I've loved everything that I've done so far. I think it's just um like like you say it it, it changes enough and keeps enough the same and I think it it is fascinating seeing what they did with um 2, 3 and 4. Mm. And and kind of all, all three of those games, they they did change a lot. And yeah. two of the three of them, they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, for for, for for Resident Evil 2 and 4, I think they did it in a way that, that really did just help make those games elevated and bring in the best parts that you remember and taking some of the other stuff out that probably you remember fondly, but then, like, yeah. trying to actually put that in the game would be carnage. Um, and I think and I think that's, you know, what what they did on those two you know so strong uh, i think with th- this game like it i didn't i didn't remember that four was like so scarce on the ammo and and mm. and health like yeah. i'm playing this game and I, I i never feel like i've got enough shit like i'm i'm a hoarder in these games like that's what i do in resident evil and normally i get to the end of a resident evil game and i've got like far too much ammo and i've just not even used my magnum because i'm like i'm just saving it i'm just going to save it forever and then never use it whereas with this like i can't save shit because i'm always you know got to use it and i'm just out 
Um, and so I do like, I do think they've done that very well where they've got that, that right level. Um, it's something that the last of us did fantastically well. And, and, was the closest I got to that feeling of the old Resident Evil games for the longest time. And I think, like I say, uh, uh, me remembering playing four, I never felt like ammo was a, was a scarce thing. I always yeah. felt like I had a lot of ammo and a lot of shit. And I think that is a big change, at least from what I remember to what I'm playing now in that there is yeah. this high level of scarcity. I think they've, they've refined that aspect perfectly. Mm. And, it, and like, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the ba- biggest changes that I think is for the good is that it makes Resident Evil 4 scarier. Yeah. Um, I think the remake is scarier than original Resident Evil 4 mm. for that reason. And I think it's Resident Evil 4 is such a crazy game because it's so different to even all of these. So the, this recent now, I think five exceptional Resident Evil games. I would say the most enemies you fight at one time in any of those games is up maybe three or four yeah like they really don't it's it's all about normally one-on-one encounters and trying to get through those encounters you know you're talking about like one or two zombies in a hallway in the police station is terrifying yeah. whereas this game is mental because you'll go into a giant open area and there'll yeah, be guys on machine guns there'll be guys throwing dynamites at you there'll be explosive barrels everywhere there's traps on the floor everywhere there's trip wires there's so much shit that's trying to kill you constantly and so you have to manage all of your guns so well which i think is another thing the game does so well is that it gives you like enough amount um ammo for all your different guns and also it has a new crafting system as well so you get like resources so you can actually pick and choose what ammo you want which again i think is such an awesome change because it's like okay i need some rifle to pick off the archers in the back i'll need shotgun for when they get close range and it's like the last thing i have as a defense and then i'll need pistol as like my standard gun yeah it upsets me though because you know what game did that fantastically well originally Resident mm. Evil 3. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's um, not bring up, don't bring up like their one misfire, right? Like, let's be positive. Because, no, but it's just yeah. funny that, like, that awesome crafting mechanic that we've not seen for so long. Like, I mm. love in that gunpowder in the original Resident Evil 3. And it's yeah, like, definitely. it feels so nice to have something akin to that back in, in mm. 4. Um, definitely. And it's weird that they've done it with 4. Um, but yeah, I'm not complaining because I think it's fun in 4. Like, it. And and also it's better to not have have to use the machine and stuff. You can do it at any moment. You know, it's it's yeah. Just, it just gives you that you know that freedom to kind of, as you say, kind of pick and choose what you want. Like I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, I really want some shotgun, but I'm like, yeah, oh, it's going to use so much resource, and I could get way more boring handgun bullets. And mm-hmm. like you know, you have to make that decision, and you can't carry because I I got to the point that I was carrying that shit on me. And I'm like, yeah. well, my, my inventory's full. Like, I've got to craft some ammo now because I need these exactly, yeah. resources. Like, there's just, there's so many different things to manage that make this feel like a traditional Resident Evil game, like, like from, you know, the, the bygone era. And I think, like, them leaning into that a more because that is more of the survival horror aspects as opposed to the the crazy action and stuff. And, like, when we do get those those scenes of kind of, the the crazy action and stuff i i enjoy them but like i i i prefer it when it is more scaled back and i'm just walking around with hardly any ammo thinking shit if if i come across a couple of zombies right now i'm in trouble 
Yeah, I think that's what they nailed about this is that it has all of that. I think I was so worried that they would either take all the absurdity and over the top action out of it because they wanted to cater to what has been the most recent Resident Evil games, which are, you know, and they did that purposely, obviously starting with seven, which is my favorite, is that that was the most horror focused to be like, right, six was such an abomination. We're going back to the roots and making it, you know, barely any enemies, such a small amount of weaponry, but it's going to be absolutely terrifying. And but four isn't that. And so I'm glad that it has those aspects but then when you get to the the carnage and the over-the-top mayhem it still has that and it's so fun in both aspects as well and like even the um the castle um is kind of the middle part of the game i think the way they've refined that and that feels now more like a you know they, they've kind of become obsessed with recreating the mansion in, the, in these recent <laughs> games um and the, to me the castle in four never felt like the mansion um in terms of the backtracking and puzzles no. and keys but it really does feel like that in this one um um, and so I think the fact that it has these clearly defined, you know, the village, the castle and the island as the crazy finale, like it, it's just so good. It's it's absolutely exceptional. It, it should come by no surprise because four was always the best one anyway, and certainly the most like well regarded. Um, and so it, it was always going to suit this engine the best, but it was always, always the one that they could have fucked up the most as well, because it was easily the best. Um, so the fact that they've done it is just fantastic. And so, yeah, I, I love this game. Um, and I'm so happy that Resident Evil is in the place that it's at. And just horror in general. Like I said, the fact that we got Dead Space remake early this year as well, which is such an awesome horror video game. Um, yeah, this is it's been the best years, I think. Like, these last three or four years has easily been the best years. If you include, like, these recent Resident Evil games and The Last of Us as those two Ooh. games, or yeah. certainly Last of Us Part 2 in that bracket, um, <laughs> and Dead Space remake. Like, there's never been a better time for horror video games, in my opinion. Um, we just need so, Silent yeah. Hill to come back. I was going to say, like, that is the one now that obviously, yeah. yeah, Silent Hill 2 remake might be this year. Um, it would be insane if they were to pull off on this level, because I think what these teams done, like, is such a high quality that I, I don't think Silent Hill 2 can do that from the team that's making it. But no, if it's even close to me. these games, yeah, like, if it's Resident Evil 3 level, I'll take that. But, like, I don't think it will be, um, because I think they make this look so easy. And that's the thing is that. This was so hard. To remake Resident Evil 4 was, I think, an impossible task. And like, that's why I wasn't even as excited for this game as I should have been. And I've I've spoke about it before that I'll never get excited for the remakes as much as I do the original shit. Because um, I love this game, but I'm, I've played it twice already and I knew everything that was going to happen. And even though there's small changes, I still knew 90% of the game. Um, whereas I, when I played 7 and when I played Village, everything was new. Like going into Heisenberg's factory for the first time in Village, I was like, what the fuck am I seeing with these new brand new creatures that are yeah, half monster right. half machine i'm like i get so excited on brand new resident evil um so and hopefully that'll be what comes next like i want to see a third game in that in that trilogy and then who knows i imagine will it be resident evil 5 remake will it be code veronica remake i imagine the fans would want code veronica um yeah i'd love yeah. Code veronica yeah, I think that's that's the one I would want personally because I've barely played Code Veronica, so um, that would be the first time for me of, of these remakes that that would feel brand new for me. Mm. Um, so I would, I would love that. Or just um, Overhaul 1, just do it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that is the weird thing now, is that, yeah, 1 has just got it so in the past. Like, that, that remake is from a completely different era. Mm. I think it only came out five years after the original game. Um, so it's a great game, but it's it's just not even close to these last five Resident Evils now. Um and certainly not this one. This one, they, they just get better and better in terms of the gameplay. I think from two remake and, and now this game are definitely the two best feeling games for sure. Um, 
but yeah i hope people are enjoying it i hope people that play the games like us are, are having a great time because yeah we, we talk a lot about resident evil and why it's so special to us so we really have to like emphasize when these new games are out just how good they are um and especially like I say the era that we came from i really thought that it was dead at six i will never forget that Pe- people i think people oh take it for granted personally yeah. where resident evil's at now that oh yeah, yeah we just get multiple 10 out of 10 resident evil games like did you ever think that was going to happen because i certainly didn't not not after um not after the abomination that was six no, like, I thought the franchise was dead. You know, and I think that's the thing. Like when you talk about these games that come out, and when you were saying like the run they've been on, it. I was, mm. I was thinking like, it's crazy that how they've just done this one eighty after six, mm. where, yeah, where five I, bangers. I, I could not be, I could not have been like further away from what they were giving me when six came out, along with every other person that played six, yeah. and to have to have that be you know so tragic and and thinking well yeah then they're, they're not coming back from that like they've just killed the franchise in such a you know awful way and 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 yeah you know t- to nail it like that i think um like i would be i would be super interested in seeing five like get get remade well. because obviously five is such a weird you know way more actiony all of the mm. Wesker stuff and everything like that, like it would be, it would be fascinating to see, like um, you know what they could do with that, and uh, they, they'd make so many changes to it. That I, yeah. I, I could, because I've always liked Five quite a bit. Yeah, I do. I really like. It. I really want to replay it. I think like they could make Five so much better. Oh like, yeah, easily. Like with with where they've been going, you think what they've done to four. Like if they could do yeah. that to five, like five. Yeah, just make it scarier. Mm, <laughs> but then keep that because the story is way better in mm. five than it is in four. Like yeah. the so to keep that awesome story and collection of characters, but make it a bit more grounded and way scarier, and and still have a lot of the crazy over the top mm. stuff. Obviously, with the 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 exceptional boss battle at the end that everyone remembers, like that'll still be in there, of course. Um, yeah. it's the same way the Crowser stuff is in four, but like, yeah. Well, I I personally would love that, but I'd also be very excited for Code Veronica because I just I don't yeah. know barely anything yeah, about it. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I've I've beat five dozens of times as well, and I certainly don't think it was anywhere near as good as four. But I still love it; it's great. Um, and it'd be wild if they could do that co-op as well. Mm. Um, five was way better in a co-op experience, um, so that'd be interesting on the current hardware if they could kind of pull that off. Um, but yeah, I just have so much faith in them. I think is the overall thing is that mm. no matter what they do, whether it's something new or any of the remakes from one Code Veronica or five, I'd be so like if those are the four options, is remake one of those three old games or something new. I'd be happy with all four of those options. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so it's God, it's just awesome. I just I can't wait to play it again. I'm already going to start it again on the, a third playthrough soon. It's such an awesome game. Um, but yeah, that is it for another week. Um, I think we have another digital slot next week so um and then we're back in the cinema for a bit of renfield um and then obviously then evil dead rise so some big Very ones up in, in april um so yeah we'll figure out what to do next week there's a couple of on-demand stuff or we might do a bit of craven even though it's only been about five weeks so i think we both really want to check out cursed um yeah and uh that obviously gives us one that gives us one week closer to another movie as well but yeah we'll 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 we'll, we'll see we'll see um but for now that was episode 343 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't
Cause I never could And how could I start now?